titles. Go. That's my jam. Technical manuals. Kelly's cookie. Nobody gets cookies. Arguably my favorite. Trailer trash. About 750. Smells like virgins. Lord Corbs. <laughs> Ending souls. How much I love bang. Not to be confused with Flavortown. White chocolate baby birds? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy, guys. <laughs> Cheetos and Dr. Pepper. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Warning. What you are about to hear contains explicit language, adult themes, and potentially disturbing content. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone else, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. This podcast is intended for an immature audience and should not be listened to by anyone, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. You know, fuck it. You've been warned. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Geek Pod. I'm your host, Paul. I'm Hugh. Forbes. I'm Kevin, I think. <laughs> I'm Jack. Guys, what's got you geeked? Well, I have something really, really exciting uh, to tell you guys. Um, so, you know, Jack may not know because he was not here. Um, but my wife has been writing for the past two years. Uh, she's written like four books like completely and she has a couple other things that are in various stages uh, <clears throat> excuse me um, last year she entered a contest uh it was called Pitman. it's basically every year uh people put out their pitches and they're chosen um to compete in this the, what, basically what happens is, is they get uh mentored they get like some published authors all right. agree to mentor somebody and help them basically a three-month process of revising their novel and at the end there's a showcase and all of the book agents, uh, you know, in the, the country or the world, I don't know, um, they all look to the showcase because this is where they're getting the next good writers. And the idea is that you get an offer of representation or you get agented because you can't just sell a book to Trident Publishing. An agent has to sell your book to Trident Publishing. Now, interestingly enough, and I haven't told you guys, they ended that. Uh, Pitmat oh. is done. It's over with. That was the last one for whatever reason. Oh. Um, now she put out, she did the showcase and she was getting kind of down because she didn't have any offers. Um, but people have said, you know, sometimes it takes time because they're one, yeah, they have X number of, you know, the showcase lasts so long, but then they can, you know, people can request your full and they can take as long as they want to, to get back to you. I mean, they're busy, they're selling books. Right. Um, so she was starting to really get kind of down. The, the only bright side is she already had one offer before um, she even got into the showcase. Somebody she sent uh, one of her older books to reached back out. What we think is the names get published. So these people, a lot of times they'll try to snipe somebody before they go into the, 
the, the process, you know, if they got picked and they're in it, they must be, there must be something good there. But she said, listen, you know, I've been working with my mentors for a few months on this book. I'm not going to just go with you. I, I have to go through the process. You know, it's what's fair to them and everybody. So we're coming up on, she's talked to that lady again. She asked for two weeks to think about it, looked over the contract. There's something called nudging, which means if you have an offer, you're allowed to send an email out to anyone that has your full and kind of nudge them and say, hey, I have an offer. Um, if you're interested, I need you to get back to me. You're not allowed to do it beforehand. You know, it's considered, you know, uh, you know, bad cricket or whatever. Um, she puts that out. We're sitting here. We're like, fuck, nothing's coming in. Nothing's coming in. This Friday is the deadline. In the past three days, she is up to five offers. Awesome. Of, nice. Uh, agent representation. And now she's trying to figure out who she wants to go with. It, it's exciting. It's really exciting. That's and one cool. of the people. Yeah, one of the people that got a hold of her today, were last minute, has sold like 12 books in the last 13 months. Nice. Yeah. Super yeah. hyper. So, I mean, I don't know, guys. It looks like my wife is going to be a published author. That's freaking amazing. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's fucking cool, man. So I am so what kind of, cool. Yeah, Hugh, what kind of books are they? Uh, it's middle grade Technical fiction. manuals. Technical. Fuck yeah! That's my shit, man! That's, that's my jam! <laughs> Uh, it's um, middle grade fiction, uh, middle grade horror specifically is what she's writing. Uh, she did do one fantasy and she's kind of working on something else that's more contemporary, but her lane is Sweet. middle grade horror. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. I, I could, could not be more proud of her. I, I was proud of her for just finishing a book. You know, it, all this other stuff is just icing on the cake. And she's awesome. good. Yes. I've, I've got, I had the opportunity to read some of her stuff. She's good. That's awesome. Wait, did you actually read that? I thought you didn't. Yeah, I was reading it. Oh. Um, it's uh, funny because that's the book that she's that's like shelved. Now I'm sure. Grown. I'm sure she's skyrocketed since then. She's grown, oh. yeah, so much. I want to read something. I know. Well, you hey, want... I'll let you know when it's on the shelves. I can right? read. Have we told <laughs> we talked about this off camera? Read your book on phonics when you're not in public. Remember. Mm. Hooked on phonics worked for him. I got some fucking phonics for you. <laughs> uh, Congratulations, you. That's great. Yeah, very cool. Dude, that is awesome, man. That is so fucking cool. I want to know somebody that knows somebody that's a writer. Well, you do. You now do. you do. Now you... Yes. Well, we. All right, yo, you guys will love this. So mm. get. All right. So a couple of weeks ago was uh, my birthday and uh, my sister came home for Easter Sunday. And I was like, um, what, like I re I'm redoing my basement because a couple of weeks ago, I think I told this to Paul, my whole basement flooded and oh, it was a shit show. The carpet was destroyed. The walls were destroyed. It was literally like over $5,000 of damage. Hmm. <laughs> flooded. No, but literally I ran upstairs, chugged a bottle of wine. I was like, fuck this shit. But like, um, it was $6,000 worth of damage, but it's all recarpeted. It's repainted. It's looking nice. It's, it's beautiful. So my sister, she got me a, uh, like, it looks like a picture. So I'm like, what is this picture? So I, I, I open it up. Believe it or not, I have to show you guys. It's just too good to be true. Corbs might know what it is, but so where is it? I'm just going to tell you now, Jack, hmm? trying to show your, your iPhone screen oh, yeah. never works out oh, yeah. so good. We can try. Right. We'll no, see no. if it works. It's a, is it, if it's a naked what? picture, try. 
<laughs> no, okay, whatever. Um, that I have to censor. <laughs> no, no. WTF. <laughs> it's a signed autographed jersey of Brian Dawkins. Bri- Brian Dawkins is arguably, actually, he is my is favorite player. And <laughs> no, he's not cute. Oh, Corbs will oh, back oh, me up on this. He's not cute. <laughs> Um, a, a 16 year veteran, mainly for the Philadelphia Eagles, my football team called weaponed X after Wolverine, because he was a ball hawker, meaning he led with his head. He laid out big hits on all these players and literally he's an NFL hall of famer, Walter Payton, man of the year, defensive player of the year, five times. He is just arguably just like a stand up person. Like, I read, read recently he went through the depression and bipolar disorder. So this guy literally a capital A is, is like just the perfect, perfect body of, of an NFL player. But like my sister got me a signed NFL jersey of Ryan Dawkins. That's like that's a five hundred dollars. Awesome. That's like five hundred dollars right there. But it's don't now put, what? Don't put it in your basement. You might fuck it up next time. Definitely not near the floor. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the wall. As soon as you walk down the stairs, it's like it shows right there. Like you'll be like fuck yeah, that's his jersey, and that's Jack's man cave right there. Nice. 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 Very cool. He's right Absolutely. next to your man cave. No, but um, yeah. <laughs> what was that? Um, last thing, and then I'll give it to somebody else, but like, it's so mm-hmm. cool. Like, There was another football player named Takeo Spikes. He played with Brian Dawkins for one year, and he was letting uh, a wide receiver named Donald Driver catch so many balls. Like, uh, And then he looked at this yeah, balls. Uh, he was like saying, okay, you're not going to cover anymore. I'm going to end that guy's soul. And Takeo Spice is like, what the fuck? And so like Brian Dawkins literally laid him out the next play and then that guy never played a snap for the rest of that game. <laughs> I like so, that guy. Look up his plays. Kev, if you really like this guy, look up um, just like Brian Dawkins' hard hits. This guy was arguably the best hard hitter yeah, in the he 90s. Hard, he was a hard hitter. He, yeah, he was. He laid people out like crazy. Him and Ronnie Lott. Exactly. People brutalized in sports ball. That's just freaking back when they could. Yeah. If you if you like a good hit, then look up Sean Taylor, Brian Mormon punter. That's a Pro Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like me getting laid out by a football player. I'm like, yeah. No, that is a good one to watch. I actually saw that just a couple months ago again, and I had forgotten about it. That that's a good one to watch. That's yes. That That's pretty good. that will make everything pucker when you watch that. Yeah. And Brian Mormon from the Buffalo Bills got like up like it was nothing. He's like, oh, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Granted, his helmet was on sideways, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was missing his shoe, <laughs> missing a, a mouthpiece. It's like down on the thirty yard line. Yeah, yard sale, man. I love it. <laughs> Corbs. Yeah. What's got you geeked, buddy? Uh, well, obviously, like Jack, you guys know my birthday was last weekend. Yes. <gasps> yeah, I'm 47 years old. Yeah. You don't look. You don't look a day over 60. Really? I was look a day good. over 60. You look good, bro. <laughs> Holy Thank crap! You, I thought so, I was um, older than you. No. I, I. You're kidding, right? You're not 47. I'm 47. Right? I'm 47. I thought you were a year older than me. No. What the fuck? Yeah, I'm an old bastard. How old are you, Paul? 44. Look 50. I'm 52, so it's all good. <laughs> Sorry, um, Chris, go ahead. So, uh, 
last week I sent you guys the picture of the, the birthday cake that Kelly got me, which oh, was amazing. that looks so good. It was it was so good. And her, 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 her I friend just of hers wanted did, to her, put my finger in it. A friend of hers made the cake, so um, so yeah, it was it was pretty nice. But then uh, so they took me out to dinner on Thursday night, and then on Saturday night, my mom and sister took me to dinner. Now we had everybody over here on uh, Sunday for Easter. So just kind of a, a family weekend. That was nice. You know, I got to see my brother um, who today had a stint put in. He's going on uh, dialysis for, kid, his, for his kidneys. Oh, so Sorry. That's, that's not too, that's not too good. He's going to be doing dialysis at home. So, so, but uh, you know, that just working. Uh, I got my my gifts from uh, from Justin from the Masters. I went and saw awesome. him on on Saturday. Saturday, yeah. So and Kelly made me uh, cookies, pastels. So yeah, she uh, she did it nice for me this this year for my birthday. So I didn't get any cookies. Me either. Uh, nobody gets cookies when she makes it for me. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I heard that no like they like my she brought him over on Sunday and my sister was here. My sister wanted some. And I hit him in my room so she couldn't buy one. <laughs> you're like a squirrel. You're going up to your like nest. You're like, these are my cookies. <laughs> my sister was pissed too. I mean, I did give my sister some. I brought my sister some on uh must have been I think it was Monday. Yeah, it was Monday. And I was that's when I went and saw Justin was Monday. Um so I brought him, I brought her some and then I brought some to to his wife because she wanted some too. So I did share them, but the rest of them fuckers are mine. So, so no no cookies for us. No. Or no. did you ever see the movie Jingle All the Way with Schwarzenegger? I've seen bits of it, I've never seen the whole thing. There's the ending scene call. like where where he's had like the neighbors holding his cookies, like, those are my cookies. <laughs> That's me with those. She makes them for me at Christmas time too, and I'm the same way. Like she makes her, she goes to her mom's and she makes like four or five batches of them, and I get half it, of them. Nice. Is it a chocolate chip cookie, a peanut butter cookie, or like? It's a, it's 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 a pizzelle. It's just a giant like pinwheel cookie. Ooh, okay. Oh come on, man! <laughs> yeah, He's not sure. In, right? in, in between breaks, I'll go get one and I will bring it back and I'll she eat it on camera. You, you guys, you know. She gives you half of four or five batches. Are you yeah. sure she's not trying to slowly kill you? She might be. I, just getting a head start, you know. Can I be next in line if she does? I love cookies. <laughs> if I died, if I died eating a fucking cookie, I'd be so happy. That's true. So would I. So sorry, Kev. Yeah. I'm next on the list. You're not. Fucker. God damn it. <laughs> So, but yeah, that's it. Hey, just so I've got this straight, Kev, you just said you'd die happy if you died eating Corb's girlfriend's cookie. Sister. His, <laughs> sister's, his sister's okay. cookie. And yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> and shit's gone right off the rails. <laughs> well, I never got a chance to talk about Jack's sister, but yeah. <laughs> she, she's taken, bro. So you, you can't have you that anymore. Are, you guys are killing me. <laughs> Stop me before. <laughs> oh dear. Kev, oh, medication. <laughs> we got it right here. Paul, it's only going to get worse tonight. Trust me. God. I hope you're not worried about optics at all. Switching to bourbon. No, I'm worried about surviving. Um, <clears throat> so, 
Uh, yeah, I'm past that, buddy. Um, Never past cough drops. You so, first thing that's got me you tweaked. Gonna, you is, like um, Kevin go, or are you just going to skip in front of Kevin? No, that's fine. That's fine. He's skipping he all usually, the fucking time. Actually, Paul has been going after you and letting Kevin go afterwards. That's for quite a I, just, I, just like giving, I just like giving Paul some shit right go now. Go ahead. You guys know go I can ahead, mute you all, right? Go ahead, Sickly. We don't know if you're going to fucking make it another five minutes. Exactly. And that's what I'm trying to get to. That's what's got me tweaked. I found out today I've got fucking pneumonia. <laughs> So yeah, so pardon me if you keep seeing me mute myself and because fucking pneumonia. Did you just make that face? What? Did you just make that face seriously? <laughs> exactly, Kevin. <laughs> oh, <you're not. laughs> That's what it fucking looked like. Thank God I'm the fucking editor. If I was editor, I would definitely have to put. We'll put Paul in a bubble. <laughs> you ain't gonna edit none of this out. This is gold. <laughs> um, but other than you know, see now you've got it too, Corbs. Um, but other than that, uh, what else has got me geeked is the trailer dropped, the teaser trailer for Thor: Love and Thunder. Yep. And oh my god, that looks like it's gonna be so much fun. Yep. Has everybody gotten to see this? No. No. Yep. It was amazing. I'm gonna talk Most- about it later. But okay, most- so we won't go too far into it, but it, just, it looks like it's gonna be really cool. Yeah, uh, lots of cool little Easter eggs already dropped in that. My favorite one had to be the fact that we get a glimpse of like the legit comic accurate Thor costume for a second. So I like that. Yeah, that was, that, was really that cool. cracked me up. Um, but Kev, I'm sorry again. I didn't mean to. Oh no, it's fine. Step over that. Um, fine. feel free. I know I'm the fucking trailer trash of the group. It's not a problem. No, I don't. Mine's quick and easy. It's quick and easy. My my driveway's done, so I'm happy about that. Um, and uh, all the drainage is going in. The guy came over today, started doing that work, so that's nice. It looks real good. Good. Um, it'll, it'll look real nice when it's all done. The yard's done, and new topsoil and all that crap's all done. Um, but we got a race coming up this weekend uh, on Sunday. It's our first race of the season. Uh, uh, Arcadia Barkbusters, uh, closed course sprint enduro. So we've been getting ready for that last month or so. And uh, that's what's got me geeked is going to be a lot of guys over, maybe some gals. We haven't really had any women racers that often, um, but they're always welcome. There's no, there's no distinction. There's no class difference, you know, racers are racers. And uh, um, hopefully it's supposed to be in the seventies, yep. a mild day. It's supposed to be a beautiful day on Sunday. So we're expecting uh, a good turnout. And a very good time. So that'll be fun. And if anybody, if anybody likes dirt bikes or is interested in dirt bikes or rides dirt bikes and happens to see this and wants to come over to Palermo on Sunday, and if this happens to get released before Sunday, then then I'm happy to have you. Right? So we, we have a, you know, we have a we have a grill and we have sign ups right there, and all you gotta do is show up and ride. It's a real good time. Is this the, is this your, is this your buddy's house? Yeah, it's my uh, my my friends farm so it's Sealy brook farm in palermo um and he's got i don't know six seven hundred acres something like that and uh we run a couple courses around there we've got a, a five mile course and then two other courses are a couple miles three four miles each and um so all spread across all of his property and uh i think the, probably the most riders we've had any one year was just under 100 riders probably had like 70 80 riders um uh so far 
the, the, the format of this is that, for instance, you have three hours. You have three hours to complete nine laps. And the nine laps are three laps on each course. So you have to show up at the start, start line in the first course. You do that. You get time for that. Go to the next. So that was, that was loop one. You go to loop two. You do that one. Go to loop three. You do that one. And you do all three of them three times each in that order. And you get three hours to do that, which means you can stop in between, fuel up your bike, fuel up your body, change tires, do whatever you got to do and go to the next one as long as you get it all in, by, in, in three hours. People love the format. They absolutely love the format because they go out, they ride as hard and fast as they can, they come back, they can chill and relax, or they can go right to the next course and just keep up the momentum, you know, just keep up the adrenaline. Um, so they can do it any way they want. And then you, your time is total for the day. And then you're compared against the other guys in your class, you know, your A class, B class, C class, seniors, uh, teens, whatever. So do you, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's all. That's pretty the winner win gets the farmer's daughter. That's what I was just going to say. What's the winner get? Like prize money, oh, a trophy? Yeah. So you pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars to, uh, you know, thousands of dollars to, to get into one of wow. these races, you know, because you got to have a motorcycle is $10,000. You got to have a truck that's $50,000. You got to, you got to get there for the day. So that's, you know, a couple hundred dollars in gas. And then you got to, you know, feed yourself and, you know, you got to have all the clothing and gear. So that's thousands of dollars there. Um, and then you got to pay, you know, a hundred dollars to enter the, enter the, uh, to the race and you get a nice little wooden plaque if you win. So can I enter in my moped? Fuck yeah, bro. Bring it. <laughs> I want... I'll I'm take just... the pictures. <laughs> that I would not expect anything less. And honestly, can I get a cookie if I show up? I will make cookies. And that nice little um, apron too, I hope. And no pants. Exactly. Be, oh, the this only thing I'll wear, the only fucking thing I'll wear, will be that fucking apron, and I'll serve that fucking cookie to you. <laughs> Just remember, this spit. is all your fault, Jack. Oh man! I'll, serve I'll leave donuts. it. As... <laughs> uh, yeah, I opened Pandora's box. <laughs> oh god! Just at a time. Anyway. No, it's a good time. It's a good weekend. That's why I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. I've got a lot of, I've got other shit that happened this morning. I got reason to be pissed off, but nope, I choose to be happy. So there we go. Look at that. The bright side. We don't see it very often on this show. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's move it right along. Guys, what you playing? All right. Well, I am playing something, but it's not a game. I'm going to have to shut off my virtual background in order to show you what I picked up this past week. It's bagpipes. I wish it was bagpipes. (laughs) Oh, I see guitars. Well, some of these have been here for a while, but this one has not. That's not a flying V. Guitar man! (laughs) It is uh, an Epiphone uh, Les Paul. Uh, nice see it's got a really it's not it doesn't have a shiny finish you can see the wood grain but i love the color it's a really great blue but uh i've been without an electric guitar for years i've only had my acoustics and i got my bass last year and i i I told the story about how i ended up getting a free amp i think i did maybe i did but whatever i got a free amplifier and 
I didn't know what to do with it because it was a guitar amplifier and I can't play a bass through it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a guitar. So I got a guitar, got a Zoom FX pedal, which is sitting right next to me. Uh, I'll set up to uh, plug it into the computer computer, and maybe do some recording. I, I nice. have to uh, shake some rust off first. I found that, man, I was trying to play a uh, master of puppets before we uh, started the show. And I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> I've lost a couple steps here. I need some practice. That's awesome. I believe it. Well, yeah, I'm very excited. I, uh, I don't know why it took this long. It's not like, you know, I, I didn't play guitar for like 25 years you know, in bands and shit. And I just, you know, I'm not, maybe it doesn't have to be over. I mean, I'm not going to get in a band or anything, but right. I guess. Oh, come on, dude. dude not getting done working until 3am or later. And it's, it's two, three nights a week practice, which is always late. It's just not something I can do at this stage in life. You can do I the ZZ it. top revival band. <laughs> that's not even funny jack <laughs> i know it's not i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry that was pretty fucking funny <laughs> just because i have a beard well no. yeah <laughs> i mean a pretty epic beard <laughs> sorry that's yes. what i'm that's what i'm playing nice who wants to go next so i don't you know cut the I, line i don't i don't have it <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing baseball still. So nice. That's it for me. I'm done. All right. Um, what I'm playing, um, not not a GameCube game this week. Um, my buddy, um, he built his um, own computer as well, like you guys. So he built it. He's really good at like built. Like he bought like it's a five thousand dollar computer. So basically, um, I went on his Steam. I've always wanted to play this game because my brother plays this. Have you guys ever heard of the game Papers, Please? No, oh. I've heard of it, yeah. So, yes, um, it's kind of like uh, Oregon Trail a little bit, but it's um, set in a fictional country, which they don't tell you. It's like Russia, basically. So you work um, as a, uh, at a de- uh, deportation office. So you check people's passports, you check their documents, and you check and see if they can pass the border. So basically, you can accept bribes. You can literally let bombers through because... At the end of the day, you're only in paid like two, three dollars a day, and you have a family to support, or they're gonna die, or they're gonna get sick, or something like that. And this game has like 20 multiple endings, and literally I can only get to like level six before my whole family dies, or like a bomber kills me in the in the process. And it's like, but like in the beginning, it's very easy. It's like, oh, okay, can I come into your country? You'll say, what's the nature of your visit? oh, I'm here on business or I'm here at leisure. But like one guy looks, no joke, like these guys must have been higher than high making this game. But like literally one guy looked like Saddam Hussein. He was like, I I just want to visit your country because um, I hear it's good food. Like, yeah, go to the end of the line. But literally you're like, you have a good day at work. Congratulations, you made $20. But nope, you have to take $10 out for tax, $5 for government two dollars for rations so you only end up making like a couple dollars each day but um i got a little farther but um i'm not gonna lie i played till like 3 a.m the other night dr pepper and cheetos i probably smelled like an old cheeto yeah (laughs) that's a good night right there it was all in my beard the cheetos and like my buddy's like are you gonna come to bed i'm like just leave just leave like i literally was like 
up all night playing this game. I had to work the next day, but I got to level seven. <laughs> I still can't beat it, but that's what I'm playing this week. Nice. No, hold on now. I think I just found the website for it. Is it Papers, Please? And underneath it says, congratulations, the October lottery is complete. Your name was pulled. It sounds like it's the right game. Dude, they freaking got all their awards on the freaking site. Winner of the New Yorker Best Game of 2013, winner BAFTA, winner Forbes, winner Independent Games Festival, winner Wired, ours technical. That's a big game. It's a very big game. It's very well popped. It's very, it's it got good reviews. It's a very difficult game, but it's a very fun game. Wow. If you got Steam, I highly recommend downloading it. It's pretty fun. Very difficult, but very fun. Hugh knows I have Steam. Grab it. And then I'll bring the Dr. Pepper and Cheetos. And then you can both smell like virgins. Hooray. That's a day. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Kev, what are you playing, man? I'm almost through Far Cry 3 the second time around on this harder level. And I am I'm I'm liking it, loving it just as much as I did the very first time through. It's better now because you start to figure out how you know the gameplay and the mechanics and what you can do, what you can get away with and you know, how, how the, you know, how everything works and, and you realize that initially when you first play it, you're like, oh, I can't do that. Cause you know, he'll see me or hear me or whatever. No, it doesn't work that way because, you know, developers, you know, they, they build in these buffer zones or whatever. And if you're not within it, you can sneak up behind somebody and you can shove your knife up their freaking spine and, and, uh, and their, and mm. their day. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's it's been a lot of fun figuring the game out. It's it's even more fun now that I that I'm more used to it. Um, you know, just playing it my own way, kind of leaving this the main storyline to kind of sit until I get stuff cleared up. Um, and then I go through like I like I cleared up the whole island, the whole first island before I finished up, you know, even even got like a fifth of the way through the main storyline. So I finished up the whole front the main island, you know, got, got the whole thing open, got the whole map open. Then I go back and I play through the the, the main storyline, and uh, and that that was fun because you can just you know just kind of finish it off and I don't have to worry about anything. Then I move to the second island, you know, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm cleaning up the island, I'm opening everything up, and then I'll finish up the storyline there. And there's there's some there's some more difficult parts to it that it, obviously you play a more hard you know a harder level. There are things that are a little bit more difficult to get through. Um, the the one thing I don't like about this game is how you how you exterminate the bosses. You know, there's different bosses you have to get through to, to, to obviously finish that level. It's completely different actions and motions and gameplay than it is in the rest of the game. And you have to watch the screen and you have to react. Is it the left mouse button? Is it the right mouse button? Is it a key on the keyboard? whatever the hell you know you don't know what it is you don't know when it's coming you got to do it and sometimes you got to hit it sometimes you got to mash on it so you got to get it and you know over and over and over repetitive you don't know until it happens and if you miss it the first time through it's frustrating you got to start over blah 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 whatever so yeah. that's about the only thing that i'm really it's like well just let me kill the boss the way i killed everybody else you know okay make him tough 
make me have to go through, you know, three or four weapons and, you know, you know, body armor and, you know, a whole bunch of, uh, you know, um, uh, medical jabby things, whatever the hell they are, hypodermics. And uh, I don't care. I'll do that. I'll do that all day long. But it's just, it got a little weird. And I almost think, you, you, maybe you know about this. Did they change writers midway through the game? I do not know, but I've not ever heard anything about that. The, the story in the beginning of the game, the first half of the game, and the way it's presented and how it's told to you is different than it is in the second half of the game. They've added a few things, um, like some of like some of the Alice in Wonderland, you know, sayings. They don't yeah. they're not really present in the first half, but they are in the second half. And there's some other things that changed. And I saw that before in a different game. And when I went back and looked at why it was it was because oh 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 it was um, just cause three. They they changed. The, the, like this last third of the game because they had lost somebody or somebody changed some director changed some writing change whatever it was changed so the you know the last part of the game changed so i wonder if the same thing happened here but well i'm excited for you to get to four and i'm yeah. not real fond of five but i'll tell you three and four four is more of the same but some really great characters in acting but what i love about it the most is the setting because the island in three, I don't want to say it's generic, but it's just tropical islands. When you get to four, it's like the Himalayas and the, the valleys surrounding it. And it's wow. steeped in the culture of those people. I mean, it's, 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 I don't want to say it's authentic because I don't know anything about that, but it absolutely evoked the feeling I think they intended to. Oh, it's, cool. it's very almost magical. And that's, that's kind of what part five really lacked for me because it was just midwest america just the setting wasn't interesting what what's the what's the like time frame like the time frame on this one could be could be modern day or could be like yeah i would say it's modern day okay okay what about what about five you say midwest is it yeah i mean that i mean that could or no no midwest meaning like the American Midwest. That is definitely current times. Well, current times. Um, okay. I mean, but yeah, really, honestly, driving around that area, that could be set in fucking Altmar. That's part of the reason I hate it, is because it's it's just the entire setting is just like what I grew up in. You know, country-ish towns, farms, small towns, pine trees. I just find the whole setting very boring. Just imagine if you could drive by some of those houses and just toss a couple of hand grenades inside the door. That would be awesome. Right. That's where I'm at. I'm, I'm it's just got dark. Yeah, man. Oh, the other thing. There's one more thing. I am. I we are in the Easter event for Settlers Online. Yes, I'm still invested. I, you know, I'm I'm there every day. At least just making my my presence known. I'm such a high level player now. I mean, I'm not. I don't know if I can even say it that way because high level players are like level eighty, like less seventy to eighty. I'm level sixty four, but within my guild. I'm a high enough level player and I have enough production that I can provide a lot for lower level players to get them built up. So I at least try to do that. So I try to give and keep people going. So because when you're real low level, when you're like below level 50, level 50 and below, it's hard. It's hard to get through stuff, just day-to-day stuff. So if you're in a good guild and they're providing you with some resources, 
it just makes the game a little bit more fun. You can just kind of play the game without having to worry about whether or not you're going to, you know, I don't know, be able to reproduce whatever you need after you've had an adventure for the day. So, um, so still messing around with that. It's, it's a lot of fun. No, it's not. <laughs> not, not fun. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's tedious. It's my Gamagachi. Okay. Get over it. Go on. Your Tamagotchi? Mm. <laughs> yeah, wasn't Yamagotchi that ice cream? I never had one, so that's as much as I know about it. Go ahead. Uh, well, I'm still playing um, WWE. Um, Hugh and I worked out uh, some bumps in the road and figured out how to make sure that anybody who's uh, who's a fan and you're playing WWE 2K, uh, you, you can actually find us in-game now. We have successfully done it. I'm assuming you've downloaded all the stuff from, from me. I downloaded your character and the belt. I didn't okay. lose anything else. There's two other characters now. There's just some random. No, I didn't download. I didn't download download your daughter. I saw Madison. I'm like, that'd be creepy. I'm not going to put Paul's daughter in my game. You you, you should just to look at it because I, I I did the whole face scan thing, but she looks like one of the fucking Olsen twins for some reason. Well, <laughs> because it's a kid's face on an adult body. That's what the Olsen twins look like. That's so um, wrong. That's so so wrong. they asked. Kylie will be on there shortly too. Um, but uh, still loving the hell out of the game. Um, now that Madison figured out that we can do custom belts, she wants me to make her her own belt. I'm like, you need to earn a belt. And she's like, no, just make one for me. <laughs> dragons on it? What's that? It's going to have dragons on it? I don't know. Probably freaking like Tinkerbell or something, knowing her. Um, no, but my, the belt that I made showing here or probably over there actually, because there's more space there, uh, is the, the geek pod title. It's, uh, well, like I said, everyone else just, you know, theater of their mind just saw it. Um, it's a nice looking belt. I think it came out cool. Yeah. Green strap with, uh, the is, 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 is it like a million dollar belt. I mean, probably more about seven fifty, I'd say. <laughs> Avery saw it and she goes oh are you mad you didn't think of that first daddy <laughs> <laughs> no because you read the benefits of it I did it and now you give it <laughs> so. it is interesting though I'll, I can now have two two people in the ring fighting that both have geek pod logos on their stuff mm-hmm. so yep. you're, you're, the pants you made by the way I mean you, you went way further into it I did it just simple geek pod logo on my shirt Paul made these camouflage pants with the geek pod logo all over them they're crazy no the, it's the, just the knees those are the knee pads just the knees? Okay. yeah well with the camo it looked like it, it took it through the whole thing yeah but I did spend too much time customizing my character I, I will say you look a little more like Jake Hager than you do you but <laughs> I think that's just the awful picture I used but um, Can you do Geek Pod uh, tag team belts? Oh uh, yeah, that that'll probably that'll be, be next. They'll probably awesome. look just like the regular belt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, just a tag team style. <laughs> it's just to be copy paste, copy paste. <laughs> right. Um, but again, if you guys want to check it out, you go in um, and just search for hashtag Geek Pod, and you'll find all of our stuff on there. You know um, what they should do with the online games. They should make it so that you can actually lose your created belts. To that would be cool. Yes, that would be cool. Because then we could be like, we're get, you and I are going to get together and defend our belts and then immediately lose them. And then they just make their way across the ether. That would be cool. 
So, so in, order, in order to find this stuff, I have to get the game, and then I have to go in and pound GeekPod? Yes. Yeah, pound GeekPod. As you we've know, also you, found you, out, you, you need can, to uh, you, you need to uh, have a two K account too. Yeah, yeah, Paul, Paul, that that is that is a little bit misleading. It's not really hashtag GeekPod. There is no, you just type ha- in GeekPod. There's a yeah, there's a, a hashtag yep. field. When you sent that to me, I tried putting the hashtag in, and it just like I realized that you didn't mean that. So you're in the hashtag field, but you don't actually have to type the hashtag. The hashtag field that makes me sound like this mystical breakfast place. <laughs> Does that make, field. Yeah, I was going to say good hash browns. <laughs> <laughs> How many people have downloaded your character? Um, three, five <laughs> now, maybe it's up to. Not including you or family members, or anybody on this podcast. Well, I can't and zero. <laughs> no, no, because there were two random ones, and I'm trying to figure out where they came from. Okay. Um, and then my that other random ass character I made, like with the gas mask, that guy. Yeah. He has like seven downloads, and I don't know oh, why. Wow. So someone's finding it, but that's really all I've got. Um, that's all I'm playing at the moment. So I see Kevin sitting on the edge of his seat because he knows it's time for Kev's tabletop review. We're not breaking. Fucker, fucker's got a cookie. God damn it. <laughs> All right. So you guys know how much I love Bang. <laughs> right? Paul knows how much I love Bang. Ooh. So Bang is a dice game. It's uh, set in the Midwest. You know, it's a Western style. You've got guns and beer and you make points and you That's eliminate better. people and yeah, yeah, exactly. Fucker. And you, you, it's it's just a really really fun game. You know, I've reviewed it in the past. Definitely go back and check that review out or check it out on BoardGameGeek.com. There's some great reviews there, some great videos. This one I found this week was in that same spirit. I wanted a, another Wild West themed dice game or card game. I was actually looking for a card, uh, actually looking for a board game. And I found this one that's a dice and card and board game. So it's everything in one. So it's all that, all the best in one. And it's called Dice Town. Now, uh, I want to tell you exactly what playthrough I watched. I watched a couple playthroughs, but the one that I like the most is the one that I'd like you to go and check out if you get a chance, if it's something you're interested in. Let me just read you a little bit of the synopsis that was on uh, boardgamegeek.com when they talked about uh, Dice Town. Each player gets a cup uh, for your dice and five poker dice. So there's uh, six different card faces on each die, and all the die are the same. Um, And eight dollars, so eight one dollar bills. Each turn, a player will put together a poker hand, and depending upon the roll, take control of various key places in Dice Town that will allow him or her to perform the corresponding action of the location. I'll go through what those little locations are. In a turn, uh, all players shake their, shake their cup, 
and take out all but one die. So you have to hold back one die for each hand. Or you have to pay, like if you don't want to keep that die, you can pay and you can roll all of them again. Or you can keep more die by paying more dollars if you have them to keep more die, um, which is kept apart from all the others. They repeat the process with the remaining dice until all five dice are on the table. So if in my very first hand, I roll a great hand and I want to keep all five die, I pay $4 into the, into the pot and I can keep all five die. All the rest of the players get to roll one more time and then that's our hands. Based on your hands, you do different things at the different parts of the board. So there's, um, hold on, there's the bank, the general store, the saloon, the sheriff, the town hall, and then there's one guy on the end, um, and he's the last chance Charlie or whatever the hell he is. Yeah, last chance Charlie. You get nothing at all, you go to last chance Charlie, or what, I forget what, what he's called exactly. But um, you get to do an action there based on the cards you have in your hand. These other places, the, the bank, the general store, the saloon, the sheriff, the town hall, if you have the right cards in your hand, the right card, I say card because it's a die, um, like an ace or, or a king or a, or, a, or a jack, you get to do different things in those, in those uh, different places. Now, the idea is to collect the most points, most points at the end of the game, you win. So... There's golden nuggets, there's the dollar bills, there's the property from the town hall, there is the, um, there is the uh, cards from the general store. All these different things have different point values and you work through the game to collect the most points possible. Pretty simple. I really don't have enough time. I mean, it would take me 30 minutes to explain how the game plays to you your best bet, in all honesty, is to check out, they are called, um, oh, wow, that was Board Game Geeks Video Review. Oh, wow. So it's Board Game Geeks Video Review of Dice Town. Not to be confused with Flavor Town. Nothing. <laughs> easy guy. Easy guy. We weren't talking about Flavor Town tonight. You told me. Anyway. Um so it's Dice Town, Game Night, Season 5, Episode 22. Definitely check this game out. It's, it looks like it'd be, like it be a lot of fun. They've had several iterations over the years. This one was from back in, I got to find, where's my board game geek? This was back in 2009. And they've had a couple iterations and a couple of expansion packs since then. Reissues, so there's some differences. Uh, between the, the, the earliest issue and the, the, the latest ones you can find. Looks to be a lot of fun. Uh, Board Game Geek says two to five players, 45 minutes or so playtime. I'm going to tell you, it's going to take you at least 30 minutes to figure out the game the first time through. Um, ages 10 plus, And the weight on a scale of one to five is 1.65. So this falls right in that sweet spot that I like to always highlight as this is a game for people that don't necessarily want to play board games with you. They want to play some games. They want to play something different, not the same old thing. You can introduce them to this and they're going to have fun. So it's in that same suite of all those great games that I've introduced up to this point. I think this one definitely needs to be in the cab uh, cabinet or the closet or the drawer, wherever you keep your best games. So the game again is Dice Town. 
and definitely check out the reviews on boardgamegeek.com. Perfect. I have a game that we played this weekend. It's pretty funny. This is what it's called. Adult and skins and shirts. <laughs> Boats and hoes. It's a, actually it's it's adult loaded questions is the name of the game. Oh. Okay. It's I'm a, an adult and I'm loaded. So what it is is that you get a bunch of cards. Okay. And then you get this. Spinner. Nice little spinner. Part of a spinner, according to that. Yeah. And on the spinner, it's got four colors, black, pink, blue, and purple, and they coincide with the questions on the card. Yeah. If you can see the card. And then on the out here, you've got, you know, there's a steel. You can, they give you, if you get the question, like, so if basically, so if you get a question, the, one of the questions is, what is the remote, remote, what is the most ridiculous name for a male or female sex organ? Johnson. John so what you, Thomas. So what you do is everybody was playing, well. playing. It's an answer sheet. And you write down your answer. Okay. So then you give it to the person that is sitting to your right. So you read the question, the person to your right gets the gets the okay. and they mix them up. I like and then it. they have to read the note. They have to read the answers off of there. So everybody can come up with any answer that they want. And you can make it as fun as you want. You can make it as creepy as you want. You can be conservative. Doesn't matter. So then you have to guess who said what of all the people sitting at the table. If you get one, if you get two right, you get a VIP card. If you land on one of the other spots that says choose, then you can choose the color that you want to read. And then there's one on there that says choose all or nothing on the spinner. If you get that one, you have to guess every single person and what they said. Okay. So it's actually pretty fun. We played it on, on Easter and uh, some of the answers got a little crazy, as you can imagine. And stuff like that. So it's just, I don't have the, I, I would read some of the answer sheets, but I don't have the answer sheets. We threw them away because we didn't want any evidence. All right. You burn them after. <laughs> I mean, some of the, some of the questions, Always you know, answers were like, answer sheets. what's that? Always keep the answer sheets. Well, I didn't, it wasn't my choice. Um, but I mean, I mean, some of the, some of the, you know, answers were like, how does a single person celebrate Valentine's Day? Sad alone. Cheetos and Dr. Pepper. That was that was one of the thing. Drinking out with the girls at the bar. Netflix and masturbating was an answer. Masturbating just in general. You know. So it 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 it, it gets to be pretty fun. Now I can imagine it would probably be a lot more fun if you are drinking. So you can make it into a drinking game if you want to, which is always a fun thing to do. So I just want to know, was someone in your group, I mean, who was it that said we have to throw these away? Because were they seriously thinking at some point in the future, someone's going to break into the house and go, look, they're board games. Let's go through that for shit we can use against them in the future. I think it was more that they didn't want us to use it against each other. 
Corbs is running for president. Look what he wrote. Well, you don't. Well, Corbs, do you put your name on it? Like, yes. no. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, you get at the top. There's a thing that's spot for your name. You put your name on it. So that way, when the <coughs> when the person is reading them, he knows who wrote who. Because, like I said, you take him and then you supposed you mix them up. The person that's doing like read the card that's supposed to guess. If there's only a few people, there's only seven of us playing, so you've only got six pieces of paper. And if you watch the people put the piece piece of paper, and you're gonna know whose is what. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we did it so like when they when you read the card and everybody started writing their answers down, we just everybody close you just closed your eyes and then they handed them in. That way, you didn't know whose was what. So, but I mean, it was like I said, it it, it got to be like my sister in law nearly pissed her pants because she was laughing so hard. So. I like your sister. My sister? Or my sister-in-law? Whatever. <laughs> he doesn't care, of course. <laughs> he really doesn't. It's okay. So, but yeah, my, uh, my Kelly. Like that picky. Kelly picked that up. Um, she got that one and another one called Overrated, but we didn't get to play that one yet. So. Nice. She's got, a, she's got my picture on the cover, doesn't it? Overrated? Overrated. Yeah. <laughs> You're a little overrated there, Kev. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I wanted to, I, when Kevin started talking about the game, I thought, I was like, oh shit, we played a new game this, this weekend. So, nice. so if we, look uh, at that. We got a bonus game review this week. Yeah. I mean, if we get together at some I mean, point, I'll bring it over. Oh, fuck yeah. I'll have a good time with it. Paul nice. and I were just talking about that, actually. Weren't we, Paul? Yes. About having a game night? Um, about, about I, I believe I believe Kevin's exact words were, when are we having the next shindig? Shindig. At this Shindig. rate, you guys are going to have to rent another car just to bring all the games you say you're going to bring. <laughs> Kev, you, you've got a trailer already, don't you, Kev? Yeah, I do. There you I go. Do, actually, I do. Is that the when the trailer. sundial? Is that when the sundial points east, Kev? <laughs> yes. Okay, gotcha. I, I got. Yeah, I don't know what that <laughs> means, but yeah. <laughs> all right. I think, it's a, I think it's a good time to throw it to break. Um. Guys, stick with us. We'll be right back with the news. The fourth annual Sci-Fi Horror Fest is coming with an all-new location, new guests, and all the same fun, charm, and camaraderie that you've come to know and love. Sci-Fi Horror Fest has a new home for 2022 at the Vernon Downs Casino and Hotel in Vernon, New York. Sci-Fi Horror Fest will be held on August 26th and 27th. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is a family-friendly event featuring fun activities, vendors, and a media area with an eclectic group of podcast personalities. Exciting celebrity guest appearances will be announced soon. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to www.sci-fi-horrorfest.com. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is currently looking for volunteers. This is your chance to be a part of the fun. Please note, details of the event are subject to change due to any lasting issues due to COVID-19. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a keyback issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. 
New customers get 15% off their first purchase in store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is the king of comics. confrontational relationship with the news this week guys um i had a tough time finding articles for the transcript library at work and then i got seriously pissed off at uh, syracuse.com i don't know if you guys saw it but they put this they were the only news station talking about how they're getting rid of the blue bins in syracuse but it was gated because syracuse.com it's gated now you have to pay for it and none of our other news stations were like talking about it it was driving me mad so i sat down to to do the news this week and I was a little pissed off you know it, it was a challenge so hopefully uh hopefully this isn't too bad now before you break out the snowblower to clear out the six inches of freak april snow only for it to completely melt in less than 24 fucking hours here's the news first up burning down the mouse Florida governor and decency black hole, Ron DeSantis has stated he's changing the special session that was supposed to be looking at the redistricting to take on Disney. Upset by the fact that they stated they don't support his don't say gay bill, he's now retaliating by trying to dissolve the Reedy Creek Development District. Basically, Disney governs itself like a town with its own police and fire department and governing board. This has allowed them to expand when needed, and it also they handle the upkeep of roads around the parks and things like that. It's almost like its own state. Now, DeSantis wants to dissolve this and now have two sections of the park be reabsorbed by the two counties that the originally owned the land. Not only does this mean Disney has to fight for permits to change rides and begin new builds, it also means the taxpayers will now have to pay for all of those essential services that Disney provides itself currently. So this could be a huge tax increase for the residents of those counties. Estimates right now of up to $1 billion a year are being offloaded from Disney to the taxpayers if this happens. So this smug politician so upset Mickey Mouse doesn't like his bigoted ways that he is threatening the largest single site employer in the state, possibly the largest contributor to the local economy, and will make his constituents foot the bill. I bet this is the kind of horrible human being that makes a New Year's resolution to start using the word faggot again as often as possible. Representative Randy Fine tweeted, Disney is a guest in Florida. Today we remind them why. So why not go after other companies that also oppose it to do business in Florida as well? Why not Microsoft? Good luck learning Linux to look up incest porn. How about Amazon? I hear Alibaba is almost as good. Or maybe you can order your next governor on Wish and get a less racist version of middle-aged Richard Hatch. Oh, and Sony Entertainment. You'll still have NASCAR and more people will be able to get their hands on the PS5. And who needs Kellogg's and Frosted Flakes when you can get Market Pantry Corner Flakes at Target? Oh, wait. No Targets or Starbucks either. Of course, that means no more Real Housewives of Miami, so that might be the only net gain here. 
The point is, this is a political reprisal for a corporation, which is considered a person, thanks to dirtbag politicians like him, for expressing their constitutionally protected right to free speech. I think this should be completely illegal. And what's to stop DeSantis from going after anyone that doesn't agree with him and speaks publicly about it? If he can take on and possibly beat the House of Mouse, what chance does anyone else have? And how emboldened will he be to try? You know, this is exactly the kind of guy that eventually gets caught doing what he fights against. At the very least, I believe, believe and truly believe that Mike Pence actually believed in the backwards medieval social reforms he preached. If the best thing I can say about you is somehow also the best thing I can say about Mike Pence, you have failed at fucking life. Next up, stay in the fantastic car, Herbie. Forbes reports that Walking Dead star Andrew Lincoln is in talks to join the MCU. This is a fascinating idea, but no one knows which character he might be playing yet. My money is on Reed Richards. I think he could do a great job in that role. Knowing our luck, though, he will likely get cast as Bushwhacker opposite John Bernthal's Punisher, and will get treated to 12 episodes of Who is the Father of Karen Page's Baby, just like the first few seasons of The Walking Dead. I suppose that's better than an entire legal session of Ron DeSantis picking a fight with a cartoon mouse and his pet dog. And finally, gone in a flash. Ezra Miller has been arrested a second time in the past month, this time for assault. The actor apparently was asked to leave a private establishment and threw a chair at someone. That's some real superhero behavior there. This is at least the third incident with him recently. Now, I don't understand what the deal is. He is guaranteeing the upcoming Flash movie is his last appearance as the Flash. Dude has his own movie with Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton, and he's in Hawaii, and he's still that angry. What is it that you aren't getting that you want? I already don't like his creepy take on The Flash. Now it appears he has a creepy take on life, too, and they all seem to involve violence against women. I think Jason Momoa needs to have a short talk with him on a long pier. And that's the news, kids. Now, I'm going to go back to the message boards and see how the internet is screaming gay Thor over the Love and Thunder trailer. One user said he hoped there would be a gay sex scene in the movie. Yeah, that was said. I mean, he is the god of thunder, and I'm pretty sure he just sticks his dick in whatever he wants to, but I don't need to see that. I don't even want straight sex scenes in my Marvel movies either. Even if it is in the movie, you may not get to see it if you live in Florida. You can direct your angry letters to Office of Governor Ron DeSantis, 400 South Monroe Street, Tallahassee, Florida, 32399. Or better yet, give him a call at 850-717-9337 and warn him of the wrath of Disney moms if he fucks this up for everyone. Paul? In other news, all Major League Baseball umpires must wear black underwear while on the job. Back to you, Corbs. Okay. I, I did not know that. I'm shocked at that. Do you have black underwear, Corbs? Yeah, like seven pairs of them. You must be an umpire. I am an umpire. Were, were they originally? Or, or, or he doesn't just tr- just doesn't trust his ass with white underwear. I'm in that that camp right there. Well, there's that too. There's that too. That's why I have brown underwear too. But you know what's funny is. I must be leaving stains. If I wore white underwear, I know there'd be stains, but there's never anyone in the colored underwear. It's like that material, it just comes out of. It's true. It just, it just knows. <laughs> Maybe uh, it's like, we're all, we already have a color. You can't stay here. I don't uh, know. <laughs> uh, wow. That was uh, pretty deep. I've thought mm-hmm. a lot about that. <laughs> I can yeah. tell. 
so okay. I'm going to do a movie that's near and dear to my heart. Um, it was a movie I was going to do last week, but Paul didn't get that text message, so we'll get Paul later. Uh, I'm doing Eight Men Out today. It's about the great White Sox team of 1919. It's the saddest team ever to win a pennant. The team is bitter at their penny-pinching owner, Charles Comiskey, and at their own teammates. Campbell's take advantage of this opportunity to offer some players money to throw the series. Most of the players don't get as much as they are promised. But Buck Weaver and the great shooter Joe Jackson turn back at the last minute and try to play to their best. The Sox actually almost come back from a 3-1 deficit. Two years later, the truth breaks out and the Sox are sued on multiple counts. They're found innocent by a jury, but baseball commissioner Landis has other plans. Eight, eight players are suspended for life, and Buck Weaver, for the rest of his life, tries to clear his name. It's near and dear to my heart because, as you guys know, I'm a huge Joe Jackson fan. Um, so it's just – you know, it's it's near and dear to me because, I mean, he he led the series in hitting that year, 375, hit the only home run of the series. Um, the reason he was drawn in is he um, <laughs> he was not the smartest of people. He was illiterate. He didn't read, couldn't read, couldn't write. His wife had to sign his contracts for him. Um, so when they brought him in to – give his statement, they basically bullied him, according to the movie, bullied him into signing it, saying that the other guys had signed it and he didn't want to be left out. That's how they got him to um, agree, or at least agree to throw the series. He did not, he didn't take any money. Um, so <laughs> he ended up playing um, baseball. He played in like the barn burner leagues, bushwhack leagues in the South after that. Um, there's a nice scene at the end of the movie where he's playing in uh, Hoboken, New Jersey. Um, and Buck Weaver's in the stands and the, you know, the guys are talking about the players and that through the series and they're calling them bums and all this stuff. And Buck is there and obviously Buck knows it's Joe. And, um, you know, he, he says, well, no, it's not him and stuff like that. But it's, it's a little difficult because um, – like, like I said, they were suspended for life, and they have never – I mean, Joe Jackson deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He still holds the third career, third highest batting average, lifetime batting average. Still, to this day, he's the third – got the third highest average. Um, so, it's near and dear to my heart. Every year when baseball starts, there's always those guys that are like, oh, Pete Rose needs to be in the Hall of Fame. And I always, I'm always the first guy that says, well, if you're going to put Pete in the Hall of Fame, which I think he deserves to be there. As a player, he deserves to be there. Um, as a manager, he doesn't because he bet on his own team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I've, I've seen a couple of stories. I saw there was a, a backstory. It's called Backstory. It's on, it was on ESPN, and they were talking about Joe Jackson and Pete Rose and how they're, they're now linked together for – they're gambling or supposed gambling. And I did not know this at the time, but there was a petition to let Joe Jackson back into baseball. And <clears throat> up until they found out that Pete Rose was betting on his own team, 
they were going to let him back in. The petition was going to be passed. He was going to get reinstated and be elected to the Hall of Fame. The news broke that Pete Rose was being indicted for gambling on baseball, and that kind of just went away. And now neither one of them are in the Hall of Fame. And I, I think Pete Rose would have gotten elected. He probably would have gotten suspended for a while, but he never admitted it for 15 years that he did it. And then he finally did after somebody finally told him, look, if you say that you did this, they'll let you, they'll let you back in. It will take a punishment, a couple years or whatever, and let you back in. And they haven't because he waited so long. If he, they told him, if you'd have just come clean right off the bat, would have been no problem. You would have gotten punished for a couple of years, five years or whatever. They would have reinstated you, and everything would have been done and over with. But you waited so long to admit it that we we don't see any reason to let you back in. Right. So. You know, and people say it's a lifetime ban. Well, Joe Jackson died in 51. So they're saying that his life is over with. He should be reinstated now. And he should uh, get into all the thing. I have a question. Sure. So P- Pete Rose bet on his team, not mm-hmm. against his team, right? Nope. He bet, so, he, he bet. so he couldn't have done anything like sabotage them that would have gotten him money, correct? He always claims that he bet on his team to win. Okay, that, that's just what I was wondering, because if he bet on his team to win, I don't really see what the problem is there. The problem is if you bet on your team to lose and then try to make it happen. That's, that's what that's they're thinking. Okay, you're saying that you just bet on your team to lose. Well, his teams weren't that good. So oh. if your teams weren't that good, you, you know they're not going to win half the time. So gotcha. you very well might have bet on them to win some of the time. But I guarantee you're probably betting on them to lose. And were you playing your, the best players, hitting them in the best spots where they should be type of thing? That makes sense. Okay. So Thank that's you. the reason why. And there, so, you know, that's, that's, why, that's why I like this movie because it, it does involve Joe Jackson. That's why I like Feel the Dreams also. It involves around Joe Jackson. So, but, I mean, this movie stars a bunch of people. Um, John Cusack plays Buck Weaver. Um, D.B. Sweeney plays Joe Jackson. Charlie Sheen plays uh, the center fielder Hat Felsch, who's also suspended for life. Michael Rooker's in this. We all know him from Walking Dead. He, well, plays, yeah. Chick, he plays Chick Gandel. He was the first baseman. He was suspended. Um, so those are the guys that I, I, you know, that stand out to me. I mean, these guys are now, you know, pretty big actors and whatnot. So at the time, so but again, I, you know, I, I, and I, you know, this movie. I would give it four stars only because when it's on, I, I enjoy watching it. And I used to watch, I used to watch this, this movie every day before I had a baseball game. That's, and, how, um, much, that's how much, that's how much I liked it. I would actually physically put it on and watch it before I'd go to play, play a baseball game. So. Nice. Yeah. And another good actor in their Corbs is uh, David Strathane. Uh, he's really good. He's the pitcher. Yeah, he's Eddie. Eddie, it's Eddie Sakat. There you go, and you would know. So, all right. Well, our friend Ebert doesn't share the same uh, love for this. He uh, he gives it two stars, and I'm gonna try and get through this without getting all croaky like I did last week. Without any water. Yes, I'm out of water now, too. 
Um, and he says, <clears throat> Eight Men Out is an oddly unfocused movie made of earth tones, sidelong glances, and elliptic conversations. It tells the story of how the stars of the 1919 Chicago White Sox team took payoffs from gamblers to throw the World Series. But if you're not already familiar with that story, you're unlikely to understand it after seeing this film. <coughs> it's an insider's movie, a baseball expert's film that is hard for the untutored to follow. Watching the movie, I gained a new appreciation for the old-fashioned Hollywood style of telling a story in which right near the beginning, we'd get a big close-up of each of the key characters and somebody would call them by name or describe them. You know, something like, see that fellow over there? That's Shoeless Joe Jackson. He's one of the greatest fielders who ever lived, but they say he doesn't even know how to write his own name. By the half-hour mark at Eight Men Out, I had little idea who the individual players were, and I wasn't helped by the fact that many of the actors seemed to resemble each other. It was only days later, while reading the press notes that I realized that the character played by the movie's director, John Sales, was supposed to be the great sports writer, Ring Lardner. He hangs out throughout the film with a buddy named Hugh Fullerton, played by Studs Terkel, who was one of the sports writers who uncovered the scandal. But how many people can be expected to know that in 1988? On the evidence of the movie itself, Sales and Turkle are playing a sort of Greek chorus, their heads bent towards each other as they exchange laconic... <laughs> I should have handed this off to Jack this week. Asides on the action. That's not a criticism of their performances. It was great to see Turkle chewing his cigar and looking as if he'd seen it all. But of the screenplay... God... Bear with me, guys. <coughs> yep. You can do it. I'm going to try. <clears throat> if you're going to make a movie about a baseball scandal that happened before most of the audience was born, you'd better start by making it understandable and then move on to considerations of art and drama. Perhaps the problem is that Sales, who wrote as well as directed the film, was so close to the material that he never decided what the focus of his story really was. Really in the film... <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, guys. We get a lot of vignettes designed to give us a flavor for professional baseball at the time, and they're intercut with short personal or domestic scenes in which the characters are established, but not very clearly. Then a villain emerges, Charles Kaminsky, Kaminsky the old Roman who owned the club and treated his players like slaves. When they won the pennant, Jesus, this is a long one, isn't it? No, good. When they won the pennant, he sent them flat champagne. If he promised a pitcher a $10,000 bonus for winning 30 games, he'd bench him after his 29th victory. The movie argues that there would have been no Black Sox scandal if Comiskey had shown the proper respect for the greatest baseball team of its era. Well, maybe so, but then various big-time gamblers swim in and out of focus, making cash offers and arguing that everyone was going to be in on the deal. Are they villains too, or only pirates? It's hard to believe they expected to get away with the, their audacious, audacious plan, especially given the way that Sales presents the key players in the World Series. The Sox players are so obviously throwing the game with deliberate and not even subtle errors that it's hard to imagine that anyone could have been fooled, even for a second. Then there's a courtroom scene which is less about baseball than about the standard cliches of all courtroom scenes and the introduction of Judge Kennesaw Mountain Landis, who was signed up as the first baseball commissioner in an attempt 
by the owners to clean up the image of their sport. Although the White Sox were found innocent in court, he banned them from big league baseball all the same. His action was probably illegal, but it established a precedent that survived for many years in which the government overlooked the way Major League Baseball established a monopoly and denied its player employees their basic constitutional rights. All this is true, but it is made clear in the movie, not very. That's it. That's it. Man, you know, mm. I was going to crack a joke about how I, I find it offensive that he called all of the black people in the movie uh, what did he say at the Earth Tones, the beginning of it? But then I looked at the cast and it doesn't look like there was a single person of color in this movie. There was not. Yeah. No. Which also makes sense but for I, the, the time yeah, period. It makes sense for the time period. There was no black players at, the, at that time. It was, Correct. It was 1919. Color wasn't broken until 1942. Mm-hmm. 47, whatever it was. So You're right. You're getting there. So... But yeah, I mean, I mean, Charles Kaminsky did did treat the, the players poorly. I mean, that's I, I agree with him saying that if maybe if he had treated them a little bit better, there might not have been a scandal. I mean, he sent them flat champagne when they won the, the series. He the reason they call them the Black Sox is the players didn't wash their uniforms because he charged them for laundry service. So if he if he wanted to wash your uniform, it would cost you, we'll say twenty five cents, which at the time was probably a, a lot of money. A lot. So the players stopped washing their uniforms because they weren't paying that for the money. So they literally played in dirty uniforms. So, you know, and Joe Jackson was illiterate. People made fun of him. I mean, if you've seen the movie, you know the opening scene where the guys, you know, guys scream at him from the stands to spell the word cat. And Joe, and Joe just, you know, he doesn't for a while, kind of lets it go. And then he just, you know, he finally gets to that breaking point and he yells back at him. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, you know, if you're going through that every place, you, every town you go to, even your hometown, yeah. your home stadium, if, you're, if people are treating you that way, you know, then I, I and then maybe it's time to learn how to read. True. There's that. Right. You know, there's there's a couple of interesting stories about about Joe Jackson later in life too. He opened a liquor store in South Carolina, um, and uh, or Georgia. I think it was in Georgia, and uh, Ty Cobb walked in to his liquor store with a bunch of players, a bunch of friends of his or whatever. And he came up to the counter, checked him out, and, and Ty said something to him, basically like, well, don't you know who I am? And he goes, well, yeah, Ty, I know who you are, but I don't didn't think you wanted to associate with me with all these play, all these people around. I didn't think you wanted to be associated with me. And so, they, you know, they, got, they talked a little bit and stuff like that. So it's just interesting that, you know, once that happened, the, the, the players kind of shunned every, all of them. Stuff, yeah, so trying to just distance yeah yeah distance themselves from the from the players and these guys you know these guys were they weren't the, the team the teammates weren't friends they weren't friends at all like they picked on each other you know they made fun of each other and stuff like that so it's just interesting I, I, like i said Wait, I, friends don't do that not not to the extent that these guys were doing oh like Wait, they literally did not get along with each other are, are we all friending wrong is that the moral of the story <laughs> That's what I'm getting. Yeah. Maybe. So, but yeah, I, I enjoy the movie. Like I said, I've told you guys, I enjoy this movie. So. Nice. You got to be uh, coming to the end of uh, all the baseball movies, aren't you, Corbs? No, I got a few other ones too. Do you? There, There's a few I, left. I got, oh, yeah, hooray. 
<laughs> he was like, yes. <laughs> I got some. I got. I got a few obscure ones, but I think I'm gonna head back to doing some older Stranger movies. And I know, obviously, we talked. I haven't done a few movies, so I was thinking about a couple movies to. to I gotta do. ask you. I just saw the picture in our group chat. Now, I, I think maybe I misunderstood something because I, when I was talking to Kevin earlier, I thought your girlfriend made the cookies, but Jack said your sister. Who made the cookies for you? My girlfriend. Kelly okay. made them. Thank you for sending us all a picture of Kelly's cookie. I appreciate that. No. <laughs> it's well, very yeah, good. Man, I want to put oh, some syrup it. on that and just freaking go to town. Oh, God. <laughs> <clears throat> so, how about it's time we move it along to Jack's erroneous question of the week. Ooh. All right. So, all right, let's make this a little easier, hopefully. <laughs> um, we're going to go to music. So, as you know, MTV debuted on August 1st, 1981. Give me the band and the song that was debuted. Oh, jeez. I don't want just the song. I don't want just the band. You need the whole thing. I know the song. Video killed the Got radio this. star. Oh, shit. Okay. You're right. I, I was, I was wrong. But like I said, I need Video the Video killed the radio too. star is the song. I can't remember who. What's... No. Do not Google, Kevin. It's the Eurythmics. Oh. No. No. I don't fucking know. My brain is telling me the Ataris, but they came way later, didn't they? Way later. Yeah, way later. Why am I thinking that? And I don't know why, but I'm thinking Golden Earring, and I'm positive no, that's wrong, either. too. It's something science. I think. L- London, England. <laughs> what? Beatles. No. Good try. But we're half right already, right? Corbs has got the right song. Well, like I said, you need the whole thing, but yes, you got the song. <laughs> okay. London, England. They weren't the Pet Shop Boys, right? <laughs> no. The That's... Monkeys. No. <laughs> All right. So, so that one would be Video Killed the Radio Star by the Buggles. The Buggles. So, Buggles? all right. That, yes. I was close. No, <laughs> you tried though. You did try. Last I had one. Most of the letters. I know you did. You get you get you get a cookie. <laughs> so all right. Adam, over here. La- all right. Last one. As we all know, Neil Diamond holds a special place in our hearts. He's come out with such classes like Sweet Caroline, Coming to America, I Am I Said. But Neil Diamond was not his first name of choice. Give me that first name of choice. What did he want to be called? Joe Pyrite. <laughs> not your stage name, Hugh. No, not no, that's not happening. <laughs> Neil Diamond wanted to be called um Joey Macaroni. Bono. <laughs> Bono. No. <laughs> yeah, this one I, this oh. one I'm not getting, boys. Sorry. No idea. We definitely need to get like a telephone, like so people can call in if they are active listening. <laughs> That'd be really cool. No freaking right. idea. All right, so, all right, here's a hint. What do we put in our freezers? Meat. No. Disembodied heads. What did you say, Corbs? Ice. Ice cream. Ice is the first name. What 
And then what do we put on top of um, ice cream sundaes? Fudge. Cherries? Caramel. Put it, toge- put it together now. Ice, ice cherry? cherry? That's what he wanted to be called. What? Ice no kidding. Cherry. I didn't yes. think you could have a stupider name than Neil Diamond, but I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because when he was writing that Sherry Cherry song, he wanted to be called Ice Cherry. They're like, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> Thank fucking God. And then back to you, Paul. The erroneous trivia questions are done. <laughs> All right. Well, let's kick it to break, and uh, we'll come back and wrap this thing up. Stick with us, guys. fourth annual sci-fi horror fest is coming with an all-new location new guests and all the same fun charm and camaraderie that you've come to know and love sci-fi horror fest has a new home for 2022 at the vernon downs casino and hotel in vernon new york sci-fi horror fest will be held on august 26th and 27th sci-fi horror fest is a family-friendly event featuring fun activities vendors and a media area with an eclectic group of podcast personalities Exciting celebrity guest appearances will be announced soon. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to www.sci-fi-horrorfest.com. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is currently looking for volunteers. This is your chance to be a part of the fun. Please note, details of the event are subject to change due to any lasting issues due to COVID-19. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a keyback issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is the king of comics. sound means that means it's time for our weekly topic and uh i i got an i got an oddball one for you this week guys shocking um so boys what weird conspiracy theory do you 100 believe to be true i got this one i hope so hopefully everybody does they're gonna reanimate a, 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 a mastodon okay of course. why wouldn't you no i mean they're gonna do it I, I honestly believe they have one that's frozen and they're going to reanimate it. That's a conspiracy? Well, they, I mean, if they do, it would bring back the dinosaurs and they would destroy the earth because they ain't stopping hey, there. It's about time. It really is. 
Okay, I'm with you. The zombie um, thing didn't pan out. Let's try the dinosaurs. Not yet. Not yet. The, the only not thing yet. left is if they can't if they can't reanimate uh, dinosaurs, then it's going to be an alien invasion. One or the other, we're due. Here with Kev, alien invasion, M- mass extinction coming. It's coming. It's time, like you said. All right. What um, else you got? What else you got? It's still the same question. Everybody else gets to answer it. Yeah. I'm going aliens. <laughs> They're out there. Aliens. What what makes your argument for aliens? <laughs> too many too many random sightings that can't be explained. Okay. And the, government, go, and the government's covering that shit up. I'm gonna go with the uh Mandela effect. You fucker, you stole mine. <clears throat> I here's the thing. I heard someone describe it recently. Uh, as something completely different, like not like switching between worlds. It was um, time travelers going back in time and changing things. And that's why we're remembering it different. I'm like, what the fuck is this? That's stupid. Uh, but no, I, I you know, I, I'm not going to say I go all in like crackpot crazy on that, but there's just too many instances of it personally that I, I'm just like, if it's not what they say it is, there is something going on. It may not be a conspiracy, but uh, can that many people be wrong? Absolutely. But I'm one of those people and I'm never wrong. So there's something going on. (laughs) Well, Dr. Huey, that is true. Um, No, um, I'm a history geek for sure. That's my bread and butter right there. Um, I read a book when I was a kid, um, when the ship stood still. Yes, I read a book. Um, It was called, um, I believe they say uh, the Titanic would not have sank because there's a ship called the Californian. Have you guys ever heard about that ship? So the ship was 12 miles away from the Titanic when the Titanic sank. So um, apparently the Titanic, as we know, hit the iceberg, yada, yada, yada. The Californian was 12 miles away, saw the distress calls from the Titanic, heard the Titanic made this distress calls, and literally the captain told all his people, and this was like an an oil ship from uh, from England, and it told it literally it turned off all its lights and went to sleep at night. It could have held all the Titanic's passengers. It could have brought everybody on board. Nobody would have died, and literally everybody would have been saved. Yes, the Titanic would have went down. It would have sank. But everybody from the ship's passengers, crew, and crewmen could have saved, been saved on this one ship. The Carpathia would never have been existent. Literally, this ship could have saved all the Titanic's passengers. That's my big conspiracy theory. I can go in more detail about it, but that's another time, another place. Oh. But that one, I believe in firmly. Never heard of it. Nope. No, I've never heard of that either. I noted that one so we can find that link too. That's interesting. I didn't know about that one at all. It was called the California. I believe the ch- uh, captain's name was Stanley Lord or Lord Stanley. I don't know, but. Um, he was brought on trial. They're like, why didn't you save the Titanic? Why didn't you do this? He's like, I just told my crew to do their thing. The Titanic, apparently, believe it or not, was a little, uh, like, they thought they were the best thing in the world. They were telling all these ships, they're like, we're going to make it to land before all of you. And they were actually blowing up people's signals and said, you know, we're the best ship in the world. And literally, they blew up the Californian that night and was like, just get off this channel. We're trying to make record time and try to get to 
um, New York before everybody because Jay Bruce Ismay, the CEO of the White Star Line, told the captain, Captain Smith of Titanic, he's like, we must make headlines. That was shown in the movie. But they actually blew up the signals and the Californian tried to warn the Titanic, don't go through this ice field because it's a calm night, no stars in the sky. You will definitely hit an iceberg. You have to slow down. Titanic didn't care, but that's the conspiracy theory, I believe. If the Californians oh. saw the Titanic, I feel like they could have saved them, which they should have, but it is what it is. But then there wouldn't be a movie to make Leonardo DiCaprio famous. So. Or uh, Kate Winslet's boobs, right? We can all admit that's what we wanted to see. <laughs> I didn't really have a spyglass at the time, so I couldn't really get a good look. But Oh! Snap! <laughs> said what I said. <laughs> you did um but yeah like like you said um i i firmly believe in the mandela effect and ghosts definitely ghosts um okay so moving on guys what are you watching tv <laughs> i'm watching fear the walking dead like this Please don't hurt me anymore. Holy well, crap. You, I guess Why you are you of, watching that? You, you kind of have to admit, at least it's not the, like the cartoonish um, background like it was in the beginning part of the last... Uh, yeah, no, no, it's the characters, though. This, now, this was the Alicia episode, right? Yeah. Yes. Like, okay. Um, her character is so cartoony and simple now from the... I mean, she, she was a, a much more complex character in the past, or, or at the very least... She was more interesting. Now she's just like, oh, I mean, that 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 one guy is like, just, no, you got to do this. You got to do that. No, it's not your fault. You got to feel good. He's like a motivational speaker. And she's just like a one dimensional character all of a sudden. I'm like, it's like I'm watching no. the actress play in a different series. I, you, you don't agree with that? Not doing I do it. agree. Nope. I, yeah. I, I don't doubt you one bit because I ain't fucking watching it. So you didn't I go gave back up after Fuck yeah, I gave no. up. I gave up after season five. That's trash, that show. Um the fucking showrunners ruined it. They absolutely ruined it. They did. But actually, if you want, um if you want a good show to watch, it's actually decent. I'll give hear me out on it. I know it's more history, but did you guys ever watch the show The Wonder Years when you were kids? The yeah. original. I'm totally not watching that. The no, new one? I know. The new one. So hear me out on this. This was pretty cool. The new one is actually not bad. So it's not the greatest, but it's not bad either. Don Cheadle's your narrator, which is pretty cool. He's a good actor. Um, they actually paid, um, they did a pretty cool episode because like the uh, the star kid of the show, the star, his older brother comes back from Vietnam, which is pretty cool. And he's um, um he's injured. He's like, oh, what happened? And he's like, don't worry about it. It's a boring story. So um, the boy is actually dating, his older brother's dating an older woman that has a son. He um, got a bronze star, the older brother. So the kid steals the bronze star from the older brother. So, and then the boy goes to his brother and says, what really happened in Vietnam to make you get this bronze star? He's like, all right, fine, I'll tell you. So he tells him that his platoon his buddy that he went into Vietnam basic training with got shot and was killed. So he was writing a letter to that family. He's like, we made a deal. 
and said, we'll write letters to that family and said that about tell them about what their son did. His name did not die in vain and all that. And he's like, yeah, his name was Brian. I was like, wait, Brian, it's, it's clicking. So like, because I like the show, The Wonder Years, that's my favorite show growing up. And it's kind of cool because um, at the end, the lead character, his name is Dean, played by young Elijah Williams, which he's actually a pretty good actor. He's like, oh, wow, this Brian is, has a picture with his sister. He's like, yeah, she's around your age. Her name is Gwendolyn, Her nick- well, which is like, oh, wait, Gwendolyn, Winnie Cooper. So it shows a picture of Brian and Winnie Cooper uh, and, um, at the end of the episode. So because Fred Savage is an executive producer on the show, it paid um, homage to the original show, which was really cool. Wow. I didn't know they were tying them together. I thought it was a legit, like, reboot. Yeah. So well, like, I... well, it's based off in Birmingham, Alabama. New family, new ways. But, yes, you got your – yes, of course, Lee Daniels is a producer on it. He has his ways with shows, which is kind of weird. But they paid homage to the original show because I listened to a podcast with Fred Savage. And he's like, yeah, we wanted to throw a little bone to the original Wonder Years because – that was a very well-known show. People liked that. And it was kind of cool to show Winnie Cooper with her white glasses, with her brother Brian in the picture, and um, paying tribute to that. They tied them together. Because they're both based off in 1969. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, the, the Wonder Years was based off in upstate New York. We don't know what town it was or city it was, but it was in upstate New York. Was it? I didn't know that. Yep. He wore his New York Jets uh, jacket. So, but they said um, it was upstate New York, which was kind of interesting. Nice. It's not. It's not the greatest show. I'll admit, I'm not going to watch it after it's. Uh, if it gets canceled, who cares? I don't care. But I thought that was kind of cool to play. Let tie that show both shows together. That is cool. Has um, anyone seen Batman yet? Not. I haven't had time. Um, I'm hoping tomorrow night when I actually have a free uh, evening. Um, all right. Well, okay, I'm not going to, like, spoil you that, okay? I want to say a couple things. Number one, and Jack, if you've seen it, maybe you can back me up on this. Batman's a little too bulletproof in this movie. Um, I mean, he kind of avoids bullets. I like the fact he has bulletproof armor. It's a bit much in some places, uh, but it's a really good fucking movie. The acting is, like, Oscar-worthy, especially Colin Farrell. But I... I have a hard time. Patterson in the Batman suit is fucking awesome. Outside of the Batman suit, he looks like the lead singer for The Cure. Okay, he's he's got the long hair, he's pouty, his thin face, cheeks are sullen. He he looks too skinny. Even as Batman, he's a little too small, but the the suit helps. But it's not that his acting was bad. I just I I look at it and my wife's like, that's supposed to be Bruce Wayne. She hates Batman movies, but she watched it anyway. And it, she, I just, I can't buy it. Um, I mean, if well, he just never yeah. took the suit off, it would have been fucking great. Spoiler free. Um, as we all know, he had trouble gaining weight for the role. That's why it was delayed so many times. And this is supposed to be year two of Batman because he's not like the Batman. He's a very well new Batman. Yes, Christian Bale balked up, but it's a different kind of role. It's kind of like emo. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah. It is weird, but um, the one actor that's really good, that's like you said, it's Oscar worthy, Paul Dano. Oh my God, is the Riddler. He did phenomenal. Well, he, he did. That. He did, but I, you know what? Well, um, Colin Farrell turned into a completely different fucking person. Not he scared just his child. 
not <laughs> just in makeup in the acting he was like de niro trying to do in a de niro impression in this thing like you do if you don't know that that's colin farrell you cannot tell he's that good a completely different voice mannerisms blown away by his his performance of the penguin yes i absolutely believe it could be considered oscar worthy nice there was an actor oh, there was an actor that did that not too long ago it didn't work out so well for him Heath Ledger. Oh. Oh, you know, I, I'm not saying that he went crazy. I'm just, I'm, just, no. I'm, we're, yeah, I'm talking about Heath. The Penguin's not that kind of character anyway, so I don't think he, we have to worry about him offing himself. Well, like, don't forget also HBO Max greenlit a Penguin separate series. And then also in 2023, my favorite show of all time was Batman the Animated Series. But um, you're also going to have Bruce Timm um, also producing Gotham Knights. It's going to be a new show on HBO Max, and that's oh. going to be a pretty cool show. But not animated. It's live action, right? It's isn't, live action. Okay. Isn't yeah. Gotham Knights a show about male strippers? That's what, yeah, I think so. I forget what channel it's on. Nickelodeon? or I'm pretty sure that that's what I saw. Cinemax. <laughs> Cinemax, that's right. No, but um, Hugh, back to what you're saying, though. That was a very well done. Zoe Kravitz was really good as Selena Kyle. That was a very. We'll talk about that when everybody sees it. But it was yeah. a very good movie for sure. We almost watched it the other night, three hours. So it's, it, really it's worth it. Couldn't start it's, it. It's really yeah. worth it. That was my thing. It was um Monday night coming back after a cheer. I get home and I, I. That's why I said I said all right. I want to watch the Batman. It's on HBO yeah. Max now. And I looked it up and I saw it. I'm like, not starting at nine thirty at night. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. No, because like. Paul asked me, he's like, what do you want to talk about on the first podcast? You come back. I'm like, has everybody seen the Batman movie? He's like, no. I'm like, okay, I'll wait. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, I, uh, Bryce and I went and saw Sonic 2. Nice. Was it as good as Sonic 1? It was. Okay. Actually, it was. It was. I, can, I haven't seen that either. There's some, there's some pretty nice, you know, good stuff in it, good lines in it and stuff. So, it was just an, him and I went for. Uh, I took Friday off, so I took him to the movies. So, because we don't, you know, we it, he had the week off from school, mm-hmm. so he wanted to go see it. I took him to see the first one of the theaters. So when we saw it was coming out, I'm like, "Well, we'll go ahead and see it." Go to the movie theaters. So I took him up to the movie tavern to see it. So nice. You may have fun. seen. You may have seen Jim Carrey's last movie, supposedly. Yeah, that ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I, I, I foresee him taking less roles, though. I do I do foresee that. But you can see where they're going to do a third one, and he has to be in the third one. So. Yeah. You can't have, you, you, you can't have a Sonic movie without Dr. Robotnik. So. My friend, believe it or not, he lives in L.A., the one that I'm going to celebration with. He actually was in Jim Carrey's house two weeks ago, believe it or not. Jim yeah. Carrey... Jim Carrey is one of those actors. He just is, he's like, he's not, he's weird, but not funny weird. He's just weird. He has a room in his house that is like slanted. Why does he have that? My friend asked him, he's like, I just want it. He has a room in his house and it's so weird. It's just fucked up. Because he can. Right. Because he can, because he can. He's Jim Carrey. Like I have one of those. It's just because my house is poorly made. (laughs) Right. If I had Jim Carrey's money, the fucking shit that I'd have. Oh. Right. And then I, I watched uh, another episode of The Winning Time. Nice. So, how was that? I like it. 
I like it. It's, you know, obviously it has to do with the, the, the Lakers and their, their rise from they drafted Magic and stuff like that. So the actor that's playing Magic Johnson, is it good? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's got the he's got the he looks like Magic. He's got the same mannerisms and stuff like that. He's got that big, big grinning all teeth smile that Magic had, stuff like that. So it's it's well worth the watch if you're a, if you're a sports fan. So if even though it's a Lakers series, like will they have an episode though of Magic versus Bird? They did last episode. Last episode had uh, the first time the Lakers went to the ball to the Garden. Nice, nice. Corbs, just for, don't forget, I am the White Larry Bird. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> the other White Larry Bird, Paul. Baby I'm white, Bird. I'm what? Baby Bird, white chocolate baby bird. <laughs> So, Paul, how was Moon Knight? Hold on. He's writing. writing. You really don't want to talk about Moon Knight. So you didn't get it, I guess. I watched it. I said you didn't get it. No, Um, I I didn't get it. Okay, gatekeeper. I got Um, it. I understand exactly what I saw. Do you, though? And I'm tired of it. You you know, I... And that's okay. Everyone's allowed an opinion. Again, again, the family was like, what the fuck just happened? My my daughter was like, this was good until they ruined it at the end. I don't know what's going on. It yeah, was jarring what they did. Yeah. And we didn't get enough payoff to make it worthwhile. That episode is going to piss a lot of people off. A lot of people off. I'm not pissed off. I'm just like, enough already. Let's see some fucking action. It is getting too close to the end of the season for them to be doing shit like that now. Like that, that I think that whole twist came an episode too late. They should have gotten to that last episode. So there is enough time for it to smooth out and, and and give the the payoff that we need to get. But, but here, listen, the twist. Okay. They intimate that maybe this entire time he's been crazy and in a loony bin, which is a huge betrayal of the audience, but then immediately shit starts happening and like, oh, he's not actually in a loony bin. There's the other him. Uh, if they were going to do that, they should have ended it without him seeing his other other persona. They should have left us thinking, oh shit, he's been crazy the whole time. The way they did end it just makes it really muddled. What yeah. was with the, the fucking hippo? <laughs> oh, that's just like, what the fuck? That is another one of the Egyptian gods. And uh, that is actually the god, uh, the Egyptian god of fertility and resurrection. And hungry, hungry hippos. So was Jack Jack in the other sarcophagus that was standing up, beating against the, trying to get it open? Jake. 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 That's what I'm thinking, yes. I think that was meant to... Again, give us the payoff that I mean, there's yet another personality. It's and again, obvious. They're taking too long to do this on a show that only has six episodes. Right. To me, it was very obvious that it, it was all happening inside his head as he was, you know, dying. You know, his personas were coming together and communicating and trying to make sense of what the hell just fucking happened. I mean, I got that part of it. I But what I didn't get was who the fuck's going to bring him back from the dead? Because Two shots in the chest that close to his heart, the motherfucker's going down unless somebody's bringing him back. And I guess here you're 
telling me that this the the hippo lady is the god of resurrection so there we go Mm -hmm. um my my, my question becomes is why the hell didn't they go into the other sarcophagus and see what was in there right again that's they're cramming too much and trying to please people like me too much with this show because now they're pulling from different moon knight runs to throw it all in this whole thing with him being in the nut house that was an entire run like what five six years ago Hugh, maybe yeah and they didn't need to hit on that right now you need you have six episodes to hook everybody in make it popular enough to sell all the merch and make it worthwhile to keep this thing going they're making it too fucking weird for for everyone else they're not going to do it in two episodes they're really it's they've made a mess of it i'm not gonna lie i'm i'm loving it and enjoying it because i'm seeing shit that i recognize just like the guy calling bingo that was his buddy crawley from back in the original run of the comics that's the same golden guy that we saw the statue man yes okay oh okay i was confused right at the beginning that scene where that guy places the figures in the alcoves doesn't really what was the point of that we're going to come back around to that you think i guarantee we are because that's how they're going to release the gods all of them because because those are all the egyptian gods that have been put in banished yeah yeah banished i thought that that could have been it but it really wasn't it just seemed like a, a scene that wasn't connected to anything else right they're relying too much on everyone being able to connect all these dots and they're not giving regular people enough to do that well like they showed when he was carrying the statue you could tell it was it was yes uh, it, it was Kanshu. yes so by them putting it in the the little alcove and then showing all the other alcoves it's like well, it's pretty obvious that this is what they do when, but they, do we, when, do they, we know, when they encapsulate these things. Do we then, know all the other gods are banished, though? I mean, right. I don't... That's, that, that's, that's the really thing, is there's there's no... They don't spell it out for you. You have to draw I, your own conclusions. I just thought that was like their Darth Vader case for all the little <laughs> tiny figures. What got me was... What got me was... Here's, here's what I thought when I saw that. I'm like, who the fuck are these fucking, you know, group of whoever... To, to cast that kind of judgment on others just like them and to do this. And and God help them when they all get fucking released because guess who they're going after? Right. That last the the rest of the cadre that's left, without a doubt. Um, and again, I mean I, I think again, and I'm I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm not enjoying it. I love this. I, I'm so glad this has been done. I love the weird shit. I love it. But I think they're looking too far ahead. Like, I think they're planting so many seeds in, in the grand design that there's going to be a second and third and whatever series to get all these payoffs. None of that is guaranteed. None of these shows, other than I think Loki and now What If, have announced second seasons. The rest of these shows were smart enough to not lay this many seeds because you don't know if you're going to get them. Yeah. What do you and think the like? What do you think the likelihood? Not as a fanboy standpoint, you're a Disney executive. Would you give it a second season? Depends on the numbers. We don't know. Yeah, those. it depends we on the numbers, and apparently, it's it's premiere was lights out. 
but how much is dropped off every week after that? Hold on. Disney's doing something different than every other streaming service. Okay. I don't know if you've noticed this or not. Disney isn't relying on just headliners. Other streaming services, if they don't have a headliner, they turn it the fuck off. What Disney's doing is that they are padding all of their headliners with all this other second and third tier content. Because what they understand is that people don't necessarily want to end their subscription, but they also want a reason to keep going back in and seeing something different, something new, something that they may not have watched before. So not everything Disney makes needs to make a million dollars, but it needs to fill that little part of that hole so that they can have all this content, all this wonderful rainbow of offerings to keep people in and involved. Hence the reason they brought all that shit back from Netflix. Yes. Because is it stuff that people loved? Is it stuff that people went back and watched? Fuck no. It was the hardest thing I ever did to get through freaking um, uh, Luke Cage. And going back and watching the second season of Jessica Jones, even though I love the actress, very difficult. But if you don't have anything else to watch, there it is. Here's something I've never seen before. They do a second season of Moon Knight. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, this had two seasons. I'm just going to go watch it. Three years, four or five years from now. Disney's doing different things. Are they setting this up for a second season? Fuck yeah. Um, does it have to do well in order for it to get a second season? I'm not so sure. No, you hit the nail on the head right there, Kev, because um, there was another show on Disney Plus that was decent. I liked it. Uh, Corb's one of my favorite trilogies in the 90s was The Mighty Ducks. And um, they did Game Changers. Yep. And um, that, that was a decent show. However, however, there was supposed to, there's going to be a second season, but Emilio Estevez is not going to be in it because he won't get a COVID vaccine. Disney Plus doesn't give a fuck about you. They'll just kick him out and rewrite him out, which okay. I don't know why they don't. They, you need Emilio Estevez. You need Gordon Bombay in this. So, but like, it's like what Kev says, they set it up their own way and they don't care. They'll do whatever they got to do. They're different from every other streaming service, but go ahead. Yeah, they're doing it different. That's my that's my thought. That's my that's my gut feeling by what based on what I'm seeing. But and I also feel like all of these shows are designed to keep you interested until the next one. So you're not yeah. canceling subscriptions. Yeah. Like this this one is literally gonna do like end what? Like literally like a week before Kenobi starts, right? Yeah. So yeah, they they're they're just trying to bridge each one of these gaps. And isn't after Kenobi, isn't it something like She-Hulk supposed to start right after that? No, it's uh, Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel. Marvel, Which is going to be a big one in our house because that's one of Madison's favorites. I can't wait for She-Hulk. That's going to be fun. I can't wait. Um, I'm I'm not going to say, I don't want to just drop off Moon Knight again like we did last time because then I had to go back to you and I got to tell you, you know, I had to to throw a little caveat in there. When you texted me afterwards. I did. Because... I, I don't dislike it. I don't. I like the character. I, I like the actor, obviously. Um, it's hard not to. Um, and he's being thrust into this role that he's got to really, really push for. I mean, because he's being asked to do a lot of things. Any, any actor that has ever done, you know, multiple personalities 
or clones. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's a very difficult thing for them to do because they have to be someone different, even though they're, you know, really the same person or persona, you know, every, every single time you see them. So it's very difficult for them to do that. So for him to do this, for him to be able to do this and to do it well, I think really shows how good of an actor he is. And I think he's, I think he's really doing a fantastic job. Um, and this is how I know, because every time I see Steven and I see Steven in control, I'm extremely frustrated. So I believe it. I believe what he's showing us. I'm like, no, Steven, get the fuck out because you're the weakling in the, in the, in the chain. Okay. You're smart about, you know, what everything everybody's seeing, but you're the weakling in the chain. Get the fuck out and let the real, you know, men come in and do the work. So he's obviously doing well because he's evoking that kind of emotion for me. So he's doing well. Therefore I like the story and I really do. I really do like um, the whole Moon Knight character and where it comes from the whole Egyptian bent on it. And the, that, that backstory, I just, I'm, I'm struggling with, too much what they're doing right now nonsense in 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 it um but again i i'm enjoying the nonsense i, I love the strangeness but i i've also been infatuated with infatuated with this character since the 80s so but i i understand other people's reactions to it and i don't take any offense to it because like kevin's saying like the, the, the heated discussion we had last week when we went off the air I get a text message from Kevin saying, don't get me wrong. I like Moon Knight. <laughs> like, I, like I, I feel like people, because they know how passionate I am about the character, they feel like they need to apologize to me if they're not enjoying it. And who that's are not the these case. people? I don't know any of you people. people. You people. I don't give a fuck what you think. Clearly. <laughs> Otherwise, you would change your shirt by now. I wasn't really saying I'm supposed to change my shirt mid-show? What the fuck? Yes. I, I, I told you, apologetic. you didn't get the memo about the shirt and tie? What the fuck? <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have anyway. anything else before we wrap this up? I got to tell you about one of the presents. I got to tell you about one of the presents I got. Oh. For my birthday. Okay. So my son bought me a one foot by one foot plot of land in Scotland. So you're That's a lord. Oh, nice. You're a laird now. I am a lord. So now I officially am a lord. So you will now have to call me by my given name is Lord. My yeah, brother did the same. My brother did the same thing. His name's James, but his Lord James Tiberius Thomas Corbett. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Sorry, Corbs, I'm not doing that either. You guys are idiots. No, <laughs> that's it, a- it, it's it's cool for me because you know I that's I, I like that I like that. But I mean, you can put that on your license now. You yes, can put it on that's, your that can be passport. officially recognized. Yes. If you're first, you'd be recognized as a lawyer. So, yes. Oh, look at that. It's there, there it is, too. But before we can, wrap up, you can actually see the land, right, Corbs? You can actually go see it. Yes. If you can find it in that forest, yeah. <laughs> or in the field. It's, it's, a, it's a one by foot, one foot by one foot plot of land. It's a trail that's got your name on it. Yeah. Got a plaque that's with cool. your name on it. So, nice. That's cool. But before we wrap up streaming, though, I just want to tell you we, we wrapped up Longmire. That nice. ended. There was rumors that they were going to do a season seven. 
but they actually wrapped up season six really well, so they don't have to. But I guess there's some fans out there that really like the show. I don't know why. It was okay. It was fun, but that's that's that. And we just started, um, we're very late, but we just started Yellowstone because it is now streaming on Peacock and Peacock changed their pricing model. So now it's five bucks a month. Nice. So we paid the five bucks. We'll, we'll eat up Yellowstone and I'll turn it the hell off because Peacock's got nothing else on it that I want to see. Grassland. There you go. <laughs> okay. So what is, how, how, many, how many shows, you, how many episodes in Yellowstone are you? We just watched the fourth, I think. Okay. The fourth episode or fifth. So you saw, yeah, obviously you saw that he, they all lived. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So everybody lived through it. And unfortunately, the militia did not. Nope. <laughs> it's better. It's a good, it was a good season. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I like the characters and, and I like, um, you know what I just found out? I didn't realize this. The guy, and I forget his name, the guy that is the um, the horse wrangler there, the guy that... that, that uh, uh, Red? Hired... No, no, no. The guy that he hired to run the horses in the rodeos. Oh, Tyler uh, Sheridan. Tyler Sheridan. Created it. He's it. Well, he's, well, he's co- co-producer. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Nice. He, and he owns the four sixes. That, that he him, him and him and a group him and a group of guys bought the four sixes in Texas. That's that's his place. Oh no shit. Yep. And he Tyler Sheridan was on Sons of Anarchy. He helped create that with him and uh, Kurt Sutter. He wrote a lot of the stuff for that. Okay. Okay. I know. I know. I recognize the name. I just didn't yeah. understand. Yeah, he's the guy. He's the one who created it. He created that one. He created 1883, and they're doing another one, the four sixes. He's created that one too so so then kevin costner is just he's he's like, an executive producer he's an executive producer so okay so i thought it was more his story but nope. it's not it's actually tyler, tyler sheridan, tyler sheridan it's i got gotcha. you okay all right so, it's neat yeah. nice. i've started to start that show at some point yeah seriously it's, it's it's actually pretty good i mean you don't have to like cowboys. You don't have to like the kind of shit they get into, and you don't have to care anything about roping and cows and whatever. But it's it's good. It's good. Did yeah, they ever drop any? Did, did they ever drop any wisdom nuggets? <gasps> it's time to drop his nuggets. All right. The world would be a nicer place if everyone would just take a chill pill. Be even better. Some of y'all would choke on the fuckers. <laughs> Good night, everybody, and mega by me, bitches. This has been a Geek Pod Network production.